0: I have a number of verses that I'm going to do leading up to Hebrews 4.12, because <clears throat> I want us to understand this. There's a lot of confusion that happens in this world. I, one of the things that I know that people get confused on is, where did we all come from? Where did everything start? The world would sit there and say, it happened from a big bang. Okay, a big bang happened, cosmic goo, the goo grew into people, and people lost their tails, and then they grew into monkeys, and then and now we have us. And, and if you look in the mirror, you might think that might not be too far off from the truth. Uh, but it, that's not how it happened. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It, it's a powerful thing when we begin to think about what God did and how he created everything out of nothing. But then you begin to think about how he did it. In the beginning, God was the author. God was the creator. God was the originator. God was the authority. It says in in verse 2 and the earth was without form and void. There was nothing. It was a mess. It was a blob. There was nothing there. It was without form or void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Think about the description of what he was saying. God spoke and the Spirit of God went out from his lips and began to do and execute the work of God. We called that the work of God. We talked about the work of the Spirit of God and how the work of the Spirit of God works in our churches and families and homes. And the same Spirit that was there at the beginning is the same Spirit of God that we have today. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We don't have a watered-down version of that aspect of God. But it was cool. What happened is how the Spirit of God was released. How God executed his plan. And God said. God said. I mean, I don't know about you, but it doesn't just say that God formed or God created or whatever. God just puts in his authority and power, God just said, let there be light. And there was light. You say, how did that happen? God said it. God's avenue. God's tool, God's instrument to create inform, and change everything that happened at the beginning as he spoke it. He said, let there be light and there was light. It was not a big bang, it was a big God. There was a big difference. God spoke it with his authority. God spoke it into existence. There was power in the spoken word of God. And the spoken word of God released the authority of God for things to happen because he did it. Help me out with this. In Hebrews eleven three, 3, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by what? The Word of God. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. It doesn't say, just say that the worlds were framed by God. It says the, the worlds were framed by the Word of God. It was His chosen avenue or way that God spoke it and things changed and happened in that, in that moment. He communicates his power and instructions through his words. Jesus was given to us as a visual of this. In the beginning, when we have the introduction of Jesus, we have Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. We have the different aspects. But when you come to John, John says, and he parallels that, the the introduction of Jesus all the way to the back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's powerful. Started off in John, when he gets to verse 14, he was explaining who Jesus was. He said, and the word was made flesh. Now I want you to understand the parallel of what he was saying. He was going all the way back to the beginning when he said, when God spoke into creation and God said, let there be light and let there this happen and God said, 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 now he's taking that and he said, you know, the power of those words, it's made flesh and he dwelt among us. We beheld it. We saw it. The glory, the, only, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. We weren't there when He spoke the world into existence, but He said we, you, there were people that were able to come up and hug and see and embrace and be around the, Jesus Christ. You say, Who was Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ was the Word. Out of all the names that we could have given to Him, He said, Let me tell you who He is. He has the authority, He is the Creator, He is the Author. He is the Word. He is the Word. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You say, what does that mean? Oh, the same was in the beginning with God. He was tying it all together. He said, I'm telling you that the very power of the words of God is the same power of Jesus Christ. Illustrate this. How in the world could you walk up to a tomb of a man named Lazarus that's been dead four days? Jesus walks up to the tomb and says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of that grave. You say, how is that? In him was life, and life, and the life was the light of men. There was power in the words of Jesus Christ. He spoke the words and things happened because he was the word. All things were made by him, but not anything made that was made. In him was life. It was life and the word is life i know some of you are already like ah i don't know where he's going with this but hold on the word brings life the things that are dead the word revives it stirs it, it brings up it edifies it does what man cannot do because it is the spirit of god working through the word of god who is god all the same, it illuminates life. Jesus starts going around. He starts doing the work that he came to do. We have a story in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. He says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth home and sick of palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Wait a minute, it's just, the centurion comes up to the one that was the word made flesh. And he says, no, 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 you don't have to do that. I know who you are. All you have to do is speak the words, and my servant that is miles away or whatever will be healed. You say, how is that? You have the authority of life. You speak life. You are life. You are the word. He recognized God in that. The centurion got it. Your words are life. And Jesus said in the centurion, Go thy way as thou hast believed, and so it be done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the same hour. How is that? Because his words hold power. As soon as he did it, it was the Spirit of God going out and doing the work of God. In those words, Executed the plan of God in that moment. They were crossing the sea, and there arose a great storm and wind. And when the waves beat upon the ship, and it was now full, they were in trouble. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And he awaked him, and said unto him, Master, cares not that we perish. And he arose, and he rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, Peace be still. And it ceased. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now, I know what he did to demons, and I know what he did to create creation, and I know what he said to Lazarus. But here he is, the storms of life and the creation around him. But what they didn't understand inside the boat that the one that was in the boat was the Word. And the Word was from the beginning that created the storms and created the winds and created the sea and created the sun. And he stood there in that boat and he rebuked the sea. You say, How was he able to do that? He was the author of the sea. He was the creator. He had authority over the waves and the sea and the wind because he is the creator of everything. He holds the power and authority to say so and to do so. And the Bible says that the sea that was raging, that was so powerful, that was throwing them around had to stop in that moment because it came into the presence of the word of God and the word of God was spoken and had to submit. Had to submit. And it said, they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the seas obey him. He is more than a prophet. He is more than a a preacher. Man, this man possesses the words of life. Even the seas obey him. They lay into the other side of the sea and they met him, uh, a man that was possessed with demons. They are approached by this man, and the man was so possessed by demons that he fell to the ground. He's renting his clothes. He was breaking the chains that was there. Jesus said, "Who are you?" The, the demons scream out and proclaim his name, and says, "We are legion." You guys know what that means? We are many. The many demons, or the thousands of demons, the legions of demons, was standing in the presence of the word. And Jesus says in his word and his power, he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And you guys know what happened. The demons, the legion of demons had to submit to the power of the word. Why? Because they were in the presence of his authority. And the presence of his authority had power that was greater than the demons. Jesus returns at the end of life. At the end of everything that happens on this earth. the end of time. We can imagine, we talk about the second coming. I'm not talking about the rapture. I'm talking about the second coming of Christ. When he comes, in the horse and comes on the horse and the sky is busted open, he comes down for his own. And you look up in the sky and the Bible describes what we see. And the eyes of flame of fire and on his head were the many crowns. And the name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with the ves- vesper dipped in blood. His name shall be called the word of God. Out of all the names, out of all the descriptions, as God closes out time upon this earth, he declaratively states that I am the word of God. Literally, as he comes to bring judgment, as he comes for the end of time, he's declaring to everybody watching, I told you I created you. I told you I was from the beginning. I told you I'm the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. And in that minute, he is the end. I told you that I sent my son. I told you that I love you. I died on the cross for you. I am declaring who I am. I'm not doing this to be unjust. I'm doing this because I am just. I am the word of God. God. In the beginning was the Word. At the end, we close creation and mankind upon this earth with the Word. Can I tell you what I have? Can I tell you what I hold? You sit there and say, well, Pastor Tony, that's the Bible. Let's let's be a little more biblical as we say that. This is the Word of God. From beginning to end, I hold in my hands the words of God. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? In order for me to declare to you that this is the very words of God, I am declaring to you that this is the authority of mankind. I am declaring to you that this has the power To make us submit and change our lives and intercede and overcome and make dressings. This has the power of everything. We hold in our hands and you sit there and say, I believe that. If we're saying that we believe that, I'm just asking you this question. Do we adhere to it? Do we adhere to what God is saying? Because as he's explaining this to us, he's saying, I'm not just giving you a book of history. I'm not giving you a book of knowledge. It's more than just a book of rules. I'm giving you the authority and the power and the representation of what the word is. So let me give you the verse. Most of us grew up with this. we understand what this is. For the word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing of sun and soul and spirit and join tomorrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And we can read that and quote it in VBS and quote it in classes, and we teach it. We're teaching doctrine classes. But did, are you guys grasping what I'm saying? What God is? What you have in your hands? See, through the words, through the Word of God, we experience His presence. Let me say it again: for the Word of God, what I have in my hands when I sit down and do devotions, when I get alone with God when I'm preaching it in church when you have time in your car, when you have time alone before you go to bed, if that is the word of God, that means that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I am spending time with God. That is what I'm doing as I get into his word. I'm not just wasting time. I'm not just going through the motions. As I get into his word, I'm getting into time with God. His word brings us into fellowship with him. Listen to the description as it says this. It says that the word of God is quick. The word quick is not a word that we would use today. It means quick means to be alive or lively or, or to live. The word of God is what it's saying is the word of God is alive. It speaks to us. It fellowships with us. When you come into the presence of the word of God, you are sitting down with the very words of your creator. You're sitting down with the one that knows you. The one that has instructions for you. The one that has the plans for you. I know the plans that I have of you. Plans of peace to give you an expected end. That's who you're sitting with. You are fellowshipping with God. God speaks to us through his words as I speak to him in prayer. It's fellowshipping with God. I've had people in church come up to me before and say things like... Pastor Tony, I uh, appreciate you preaching on dads and us supposed to be, you know, following God and submitting to this and all this. And man, God really worked in my heart today. And I'm walking away thinking, I was speaking on missions today and had nothing to do with that. You say, how does that happen? It's, it's the word of God that speaks to us. It, it's the same way that Jesus would communicate. Jesus had relationship. And you say, it's not about religion. It's all about a relationship. It's the same thing with the Word of God. God gave us this to be alive for us to be able to have a relationship with Him. This is the description. You talk about the Spirit of God, the Ruach of God, and I preached on that about quenching the Spirit of God, what God wants to do in our lives, and the power of the Spirit of God that brings life and change and conviction. Listen to this. For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The word inspiration of God literally means God breathed. It is the breath of God. The the, the fact that we have the word of God, it is God speaking to us or uh, uh, relinquishing the power of God. or speaking to our hearts and our minds in a way that no preacher can. You say, we're here to hear what Pastor Tony has to say. I hope you're here to hear what Pastor Tony has to say through God's word because it's not about me. And by the way, if you're in a church or you go to a church that does not preach the word of God, you need to get out of that church because it's not a church. It's a gathering of God's people, but not for the glory of God. It is the Word of God that holds the power and authority to change our lives. It is the breath of God. See, through His Word, it brings us under His authority. Now, I know that makes us uncomfortable because we have that rebellious nature about them. I don't submit to anybody. I don't talk to anybody. Do you realize that the sea had to obey the words of God because the sea had to submit to its author, its Creator. The, 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 the demons had to bow and run because they were in the presence of their creator. Who are we to sit there and say that the word of God is optional for our lives? It's not a, it's not a buffet. We don't sit there and say, well, I'll take salvation. Ooh, that eternal security, that looks great. I, I'd like some of that peace that, 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 you know, and that comfort that God gives. But submitting in this way and obeying God this way, we're just, eh, I just don't look at it that way. You have, no, you have no authority not to look at it that way. The author of your life is the one that wrote the word. He's the one that created it from the very beginning. The fact that it is the words of God means that you hold the authority over your life. He knows what it means and how life works and how it's supposed to work. So we went home for Alabama uh, that we do our Alabama trip. Instead of in December or January that we normally do, we had to move it to late February. You guys... No, I told you about that. So Jordan, my oldest son, we were going through Target or Walmart or whatever. We're over in the toy section, and he sees this Nerf gun for like $45. I can't remember. It was one of the really expensive ones. He said, that is a waste. He said, Dad, I could make one that would shoot better than that. I said, I doubt it. He goes, no, I could make one. I said, I guarantee you I could make one that shoots better than that. Well, it was game on at that point. We all, like six, eight of us guys end up going to Home Depot and we're going down to Home Depot and we're all going in and Jordan's getting compressed air t- tanks and putting this Nerf gun together. It was the rival bullets. So it was the little round bullets that the Nerf gun shoots. And then uh, Logan was doing, he had two motors that he was going to put these wheels onto where it would hit it and shoot it out the front. My, my uh, brother-in-law, Danny, he was doing one with an air pump on it. And so everybody had these different ways of doing it. Christian, Leozo, he went and got these two giant springs and put them on both sides and brought this. So I, I, I went really simple in things. And so I had my, I brought my gun. It looked really ugly, but I promise you, by the way, I came in second place before you start judging me on my gun, all right, uh, so this doesn't look like much, but they, I had it sitting off, and we we're doing our Christmas, and everything that we had going on, and somebody, I can't remember who it was, picked it up, and started trying to shoot it, and they threw it back down, and they said, your stupid gun doesn't shoot anything, it doesn't even work, I said, what do you mean it doesn't work, it works great, they said, I promise you, I've, I've been messing with your gun, it doesn't do anything, so I picked it up, and I said, what were you doing, I said, you don't understand, uh, let me show you, the, the bullet goes in this slot right here, And at the bottom of it, there's a little screw. You might not see that, but I put that screw in there because I needed a certain spot where the ball was going to stop and roll back. Inside of this rubber band, in the middle of it, there is a plunger. There's a big wooden rod inside of there that slides up and down this tube. And then when you pull it back, it hooks onto a screw in the back, and then you let it go and it shoots that. And he stood back and he says, well, if I would have known that, I would have been able to shoot it right. I said, I know you didn't know that. You didn't make it. I made it. I said, There's a lot of things about that that you don't understand that you're trying to figure out, and you're frustrated just saying it doesn't work, and you don't get it because you didn't make it. But every screw and every rubber band and every piece of that PVC was intentionally put on there because I know how it works. And if you would just go to the one that made it, you're going to learn how to make it work. Can I tell you guys that God is the one that made marriage? God is the one that created us to be able to have and be able to be parents. God is the one that built communication and relationships. God is the one that created peace that we can have in the midst of a storm because he has the power to be able to say to those situations in our heart. He speaks to our heart and says, peace be still to our hearts when we're enraged with fear. You just say, it doesn't make sense. It's not going to work out. God says, well, come to me. I know how to make this work. You say, God, but you don't understand God says, come to me. I know how to make it work. I made you. I made you. I made you as a parent. I made you as a dad. I made you as a mom. For teenagers here, you say, life is so frustrating. I don't understand my identity and my purpose. And I'm trying to have more self-esteem. I can promise you, the more you get into the presence of the creator, the more you're going to put yourself under the authority of the one who made you. And the further we get away from the Word of God, the more we're sitting there trying to figure it out. And we're throwing it to the side just saying, you know what? My life has no value. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. The Word of God is alive. The Word of God will speak to you in a way that is powerful, that is indescribable. And God does this on purpose. On purpose. You see, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now listen to this. And it is profitable. And he begins to explain for doctrine, for teaching, for reproof, for correction. God pulls you back when God keeps you on track for instructions to know for righteousness, to know how to live. Just saying, I don't know how to make life work. I don't know why I'm so anxious. I don't know why I'm so wound up. I don't know. I don't know And God says, here's the thing. The word of God is profitable and fixes all of those things. And we sit there and we'll be so busy in life. I just don't have, oh, I need to get into God's word more. I need to sit down. I need to fellowship with God. I need to seek him more in his word, but I just don't have time. Honestly, when we realize what we get from spending time, literally spending time with God because it is alive, you're in the presence of Jesus or in the presence of his word or the presence of the spirit of God because the word is part of who God is. You're spending time with the one that loves you. You're spending time in a relationship with the one that created you. It says for the word of God is quick and powerful. It's alive. But it's not just living. It's powerful. You see, through his word, we also experience his power. The word powerful in that word right there in that aspect means active. It means effectual. It means an energy. It means that it, 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 it takes action. If the word of God is actively engaged or actively spoken, the sea had to become peaceful. If it was there, the demons had to back off. The worlds had to be formed. The servant had to be healed. You know why? Because when you engage in the gospel, you engage in the power of God through the word of God, it is actively doing something. It will never sit there and be void or empty. Let me prove it to you. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return void unto me, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing wherein I sent it. So when the word of God is read, you sit there and go home in your room, and you have the devotions, and you're sitting there, open up your Bible and you're opening up your devotion and you're sitting in church, you open up your Bible, and the pastor who should be preaching out of the word of God, and you go to youth group and you go to team camp and you sit there and have the word of God spoken to your heart, the Bible says this is what happens. You are releasing the word and the power of God. It will go out, it will find, it will convict, it will change, it will open your eyes, it speaks life, speaks light, it illuminates, it changes, it brings understanding, it helps us to understand what's going on in life. And the Bible says, I will accomplish that which I sent it. And it will never, ever return void. It's like nothing else. I remember sleeping through class growing up. I'd have Spanish class and English class and history class. And there was things that I'd been able to sit through hours of class and high school and college and everything else and had no effect on me. Do you understand when you put your kids, you put yourself under the word of God, it will never be in vain. It will never be a waste and it will always take effect say, no, it doesn't. I've had people come out. You see, it goes out and accomplishes that which it will and pricks the heart. And I tell you, we might fight that, we might fight that conviction that happens, but it, the Bible talks about planting seeds. You know, I talk about the word that's going out, sowing, planting seeds. You sit there and say, it did nothing. I planted the seed and I'm looking for a result. The, the thing about seeds is you have to let God do the work in, in the soil because you can't make it grow any faster than that. We do that every time we have a wana, when we do devotions, we have time at church. What we're doing is we're putting ourselves under the word of God. What he's simply saying is it's powerful. It's powerful. Why do we struggle so much in life? I just can't get it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to do better. I want to change my ways. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better leader, better mom. I, I want to overcome the struggles that I have in life. Can you do that without the power of God? And through the power of God, it's released into your life through the word of God. <clears throat> Let me show you this. Because through the word of God, we also experience real change. There's so much opposition in this world. And it's, it's getting worse. It's getting so worse. I, I feel Sometimes we feel so overwhelmed. It's like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Get into situations that I have no idea what to do with this. And God has this thing. He says, well, come here and sit down with me. Come here and sit. You know, we do this with people that we love with people that we have relationships. come sit down. And then we, get, we begin to have a conversation. God has a conversation with us. When we pray, we're talking to God. When we read, he's talking to us. It is a two-way conversation with your God. But it's awesome what happens to this. God begins to break down and eliminate the confusion because it is a weapon against the devil. Read it again with me. Let me show you this. For the word of God is quick and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it is a weapon for us to fight against the doubt, the enemies. It's, you take on the Ephesians uh, passage about, fight, put it on the full armor of God and take on to you the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We have it in our lives that when we have doubt that coming in, God gives us not physically the sword that we can swing at the devil. We're talking about a weapon of our mind, a weapon that infects our hearts and our brains and our thinking and our thought process that pushes out the negativity in our lives. And I'll say this to this degree, that helps us to fight against anxiety, to fight against depression, to fight against negative thoughts and the doubts and the confusion that we have. It is the word of God. It is like a two-edged sword. It cuts in both directions. But listen to this description that it has. Now notice what the wording is, and we read the rest of this verse. Piercing, the word piercing in mean length, it strikes to even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now, I want you guys to get this because this is, this is very important. Of soul and spirits. Where is the soul and spirit of man? That is the inner man. And of the joints of marrow. You know where that is? It's the inner man. And a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Everything that it is describing in there is the part of you that you can't reach. Let me use this as an illustration because the Bible is using this, is talking about how it reaches to the heart. The Bible is the only tool, the only sword, the only weapon that mom and dads and parents and people in marriages and relationships are even trying to reach the lost. It is the only weapon that you have that goes beyond the flesh, beyond the brain, beyond the thinking to the inner part of man. You get frustrated with your kid. You're not wearing that. Go change. You can change. They slam the door, come out, Ah, whatever. You can change their clothes, but you cannot change their heart. You can have an argument with your spouse. And you're saying, I wish that they were more compassionate. I wish they would be more understanding. I wish they would be more loving when it comes to this. You, you, you can get onto them and they can change their actions for a day. But only God can change their heart. And the problems that we have today, it's a heart issue. It's not just an action issue. It's not an outward thing that we're trying to change. It is it's the heart of man where we have conviction or God convinces the inner man that you don't need to stay the same way. You need changing your life. And only the word of God is able to reach the inner man. We can have arguments. We can debate. We can go through all those things. And all we do is end up frustrated just saying, I don't know how to get through to them. I don't know how to do it. Because a lot of times we're trying to do the work that the Bible was created to do for us. When we live out the word of God in our homes and it's more than a Sunday thing. When we bring our kids to youth group and they're under the preaching of the word of God. When we send them to camp. When we have devotions. When you sit down at home and you're saying, hey, this isn't just a mom and dad thing and I challenge my kids. It's for all of us. Why? Sit down with your Bible and let God speak to your heart. That is more than just religious speech of something that a pastor says, I'm taking you to the word of God where God says, I promise you this, release my words in the spirit of God. It will never return void. I love this. It's a discerner. It's a discerner of the thoughts In the intents of the heart, it's a a discerner. The word discerner means it not only reaches the heart, but it brings conviction. The word discerner is a judge. I, I wish I could change things in people's like. I wish I could change things in my life. You, you know, I always say, well, I struggle with this, but I, I don't know. I've thought about it. And I know I should change. And I just can't get myself to change in this. And my wife keeps telling me I need to change. And, and my kids keep yelling at me saying, dad, you have this problem or whatever. I don't know. Get that dad under the word of God where he walks into the presence of the discerner or the judge of your life because he holds authority to say that's got to change. That has got to change. See, it's conviction. It is convincing the inner man of the judge which convicts us who has the authority to call us out on what is wrong. A lot of times we make decisions and we don't stick with it. It's like, oh, I wanted to do that, but I never stuck with it. Wait till it's God that spoke to your heart to convince you that that needs to change. It is the conviction of God. Real change only comes through seeking God through his word. So so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to revive your heart? You want to strengthen your faith? You want to be like Peter sitting there getting out of the boat saying, Lord, bid me to come out of the water. Lord said, come out of them. Where did they come from? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I trust in what he says. We'll have bolder Christians, bolder parents. We'll be revived in our hearts thinking, I don't know if I could... uh, face this challenge. I don't know if I could volunteer to sing in the choir. I don't know if I could volunteer to go out and witness the people and then God says to you through his word, says, hey, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. I made you. There's parts of you that you don't even understand yet. You just think you're awkward and weird and you you have all these quirks about you and god says i made you in such a way that you're going to be able to do great things for god in ways that you never thought possible but all you have to do is put yourself back into the hands of the author where god says hey let me have a conversation with you let me tell you why i made you this way let me tell you why you're sensitive in this way. Let me tell you why you're bold to speak like this. Let me tell you why you get so stirred up. Let me tell you why you cry in situations where you think that you're just soft. You're not soft. You're compassionate. I'm going to use your compassion to work in the food pantry. I'm going to, I'm going to, work, I, I'm going to use that zeal to put you on a stage. I'm going to use that talent that you have for the glory of God. But you only learn that. When you start talking to the author, the one that made you, and the further our world and our generation gets away from the word of God, the more confusion we have in our world of us trying to figure out who I am and why I'm here, what I do. People say, I don't fit anywhere. Let the author of your life begin to whisper into your ears. There's a verse in the Bible that is really cool talking about it's a relationship it's a relationship it's a relationship in revelation chapter 3 verse 20 he's explaining the church after the church of laodicea the, the apathetic church that's lukewarm he says in the next verses he said behold i stand at the door and i knock knocking is a way to get somebody's attention i want your attention because i want you to do something i want you to open the door Think about this spiritually. I want you to open that. I want you to seek me and say, God, I, I, I want to be in your presence. I want to be closer to you. I'll come into him. and I'm going to sit with him and he's going to sit with me. I'm going to sup with him. It's fellowship. The word of God is alive. Say, well, we got this 21-day devotional thing that the church is trying to do. No, I'm I'm, I'm trying to provoke you to sit down with the author of your life. I, I want you to hear that you're not dumb. You're not odd. You're not weird. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And stop letting the bullies and the people that don't have a clue who you are tell you who you are because they don't know the Bible talks about the world being filled with lies but God is the one that speaks truth and when we get into that place God allows us to to, to be able to hear his words I was thinking about going to the camp with the teens such a powerful experience and set aside our phones and we set aside the distractions and we're not trying to impress anybody and we walk into a room And the pastor gets up in the morning and in the evening and in the morning and in the evening. He's sitting there saying, turning your Bibles, I want to tell you what God told me. I want to tell you what God has a plan for you. I want to tell you how God says to live. I want to tell you what God wants to do in your life and begins to, and then all of a sudden, the spirit goes out, begins to change and convict lives and pull them closer to God. And then the last time I was at camp, I just stood there on the front row, tears in my eyes, and I pulled out my phone and I took this picture That's not mom and dad. That's not a pastor doing that. That's not trying to guilt trip anybody into that. That's just teenagers responding to the word of God to say, come unto me. I've got great plans for you. I want to do great things in your life. I want to speak to you. I've got and, and to bow and to be in the presence of God and be changed by God because the Bible talks about in this world, the ground is sinking sand and every opinion of person it's going to change and the, the opinions on Facebook and the opinions on Instagram and Snapchat and everybody that has an opinion about something it's going to shift and change. But when, you, when you're established on the rock of Jesus Christ, it does not shift. It does not change. And when the storms of life come in, You'll have something that will not blow over, will not fall down, will not let you down. It is, the, it is Jesus. And you say, praise God, it's Jesus. It is God my Father, thank God. But the Word was made flesh and we have the Word. I have the Word. challenge you to seek God through His Word.